0: Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Our Gospel reading today is one of the most famous texts in all of Scripture, mainly because it includes John 3.16, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to the end, that all that believe in Him should not perish. Everlasting Life, a verse that is quoted after confession and absolution during all right one services. We hear it every Sunday. I enjoy telling my Baptist friends that we see John 3.16 every Sunday. They're impressed with it. I remember, as many of you do, when I was growing up watching a football game on TV, the reference John 3.16 would be on a large banner right between the goalposts, it seemed like, every Saturday and Sunday. It has become the standard go-to verse for many Christians and for good reason as the gospel is so well stated in that one verse. Our gospel reading gives the context for this verse and it starts by introducing to us Nicodemus who was a Pharisee who met up with Jesus at night. There is really only one reason that Nicodemus would meet Jesus at night. And it was not because they both had such tight, busy schedules, that it was the only time they could squeeze it in. It was because Nicodemus did not want other people, and by other people, specifically Jewish religious leaders, to know about the meeting. So how does the conversation go? Well, Jesus says, if you want to enter the Kingdom of God, you must be born of the Spirit, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, what are you talking about, born again? Nobody can do that. And Christ says, yes, born again, born of the Spirit, is the way that one enters the kingdom of God. Jesus goes on to say that the Son of Man must be lifted up, which is a reference to the cross. Being lifted up was a common idiom referring to crucifixion in that time and that whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Jesus, may have eternal life. And comes to John 3.16 verse, which we all should know, and then John 3.17, which is also a very powerful verse, which says that God did not send Jesus Christ to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. It's really quite the conversation, and one of the clearest places in all of Scripture of God's intention, purpose, and mission with his creative world. Years ago, in a newspaper, there was a speech given by the president of a well-known university. He gave this speech to a group of influential businessmen and civic leaders, and he told of a recent experience while shopping during Christmas season and passing by a Salvation Army volunteer ringing the red bell with the bucket. He paused to make a donation, and the volunteer asked him, Sir, are you saved? I suppose I am, the educator said. She was not satisfied, so she pursued the matter further. I mean, have you ever given your full life to the Lord? And he said, I am the president of the university, and as such, I am also president of its school of theology. The lady considered his response for a moment, and then replied, It doesn't matter wherever you've been or whatever you are, it's not too late, you can still be saved. (laughs) That's kind of a funny story. But the most tragic part of this incident is that both the seminary president and his audience actually thought his story was really amusing. Because if you think about this, uh, imagine Nicodemus being confronted by this Salvation Army volunteer. He would have thought and said, Just about the same thing the university president said. Nicodemus is the cream of the Jewish crop, a religious leader. One dare not even dream of having life any better than he has it. He is a Jew, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, which is the highest legal and judicial body of the Jews of the time, and a highly respected teacher of the Old Testament scriptures. Can you imagine being Nicodemus and having Jesus tell you that all of this is not enough to get you into the kingdom of God? And yet, this is precisely what Jesus tells Nicodemus. If a man like Nicodemus is not good enough for the kingdom of God, then who is? Nobody. Not one, no one is good enough to enter the kingdom of God, which is the point. If it was about works, we wouldn't need the cross because it is about grace, his gift of salvation. Jesus made the way for our salvation, which is where believing comes in. The word believe is used four times in our gospel reading. To believe is is more than simply belief in the existence of God. That's not Christianity. If you believe in the existence of God, we call that theism. To believe is more than believing that Jesus Christ existed. Even the devil believes in Christ in this way. And I'm sure the scriptures point toward his eternal punishment, not everlasting life next to us. Belief is more than belief in existence. Belief is an act of faith. In our text, the word believe is tied back to the Son of Man must be lifted up. It is a belief in the cross of Christ. And that the cross of Jesus is the remedy for sin. It is a belief that I can't save myself from my sin. The free gift of God, grace, is what saves me from my sin. Which is why Paul wrote in the letter to the Romans, which was our second reading today, For this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all Abraham's descendants. You see, salvation comes down to faith in Christ Jesus as the bearer of our sin, as the one who paid the sacrifice for our sin. And when we profess this, when we confess this belief that he died and rose again, the Bible says that we are saved from our sins. It was later in the book of Romans that St. Paul wrote, this is in chapter 10, he said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He goes on, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So salvation comes to us through grace when we believe in Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension as a sacrifice for our sins. It is our our creedal confession, which is why in just a few moments from now we will affirm our faith and say together the Nicene Creed. Salvation is not something we can do on our own, muster up enough courage to succeed on it, but we are justified through hearty belief in God's grace, which is why when we celebrate Holy Communion, even in our liturgy, it proclaims In Christ, you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. And also, it says, in Christ, you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. He did it. And he does it. And he is doing it. Around the world every day, people confess and believe the church of Jesus Christ is growing In fact, our own branch of the Christian faith is growing. The Anglican communion is advancing the kingdom of God. In large part, in Africa, countries like Nigeria, Uganda, and Kenya are growing in leaps and bounds with people, many many of them young people, confessing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Praise be to God. He will not let his church falter. And thank God for what He is doing in our church, in our diocese and in our parish. Praise God that salvation is not based on our works. We just wouldn't ever be good enough. Let me say that again. I am so thankful that my future with Jesus Christ isn't based on the level I perform in this life. It's based on Christs sacrifice and His grace in my life. Thank God it is not up to our righteousness, but instead the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ. So what about this idea of born again, or new birth, or born of the Spirit? Why did Jesus spend so much time talking to Nicodemus about being born of the Spirit? Because when we believe in Christ, when we truly believe in what Christ accomplished in his life and death and resurrection, we become born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is who brings life to us, real life. The Spirit of God transforms who we are. We become children of God, adopted into the people of God. The Spirit produces fruit in our life the fruit of love, and joy, and peace, and patience kindness, goodness, generosity, and so on. The Spirit's presence in our life is also the seal of our salvation, the guarantee that we are saved. As St. Paul wrote in Ephesians, he says, in Him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, it's then that you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. The old saying says, the proof is in the pudding. Well, if we are the pudding, the Spirit is in us, the proof. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our world is being transformed because of the person of Jesus, and our lives are transformed by the power of the Spirit. Pray today that we would all believe in Him and be born of the Spirit. If you're unsure of your belief, this belief, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Praise be to God. For his mercy is ever new. And my prayer for you is that you wouldn't just hold that gift inside and keep it to yourself. May you continue to share his loving kindness. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.